Hello. I was wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee and in the process engage you with an anecdote of no small amusement. Welcome uh, to another episode here at Nerd Herder. I'm J-Dub. And I am Boop. I'm here too. And together we fusion ha and make Nerd Herder. uh, And this is our little cave. Welcome to it. Uh, We normally hang out here by ourselves and talk about all the things we love. In this case, particularly Star Wars. Um, Last week we talked about Spider-Mans. Next week we're talking about another Animal Man's. Um, So lots of discussion to be had here. But... uh, one of the greatest things that podcasting has uh, afforded us is a great little uh, friendship circle, uh, community of peeps um, who love just as much as us, love things differently than us, um, and add a lot to the relationship. And we are uh, better for having them and knowing them. And so uh, what better way to appreciate and to highlight that than to have some of them join us tonight. So We put out the bat signal, or I guess in this case, the falcon signal. Uh, And and we were just like, hey, do you like Solo? Do you like 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 Solo? Uh, Because the title of this is We Love Solo. Why don't you marry it? And and there will be no matrimony here. Um, You know, I'm not certified uh, nor trained for for such uh, visceral actions. But I will get ordained to marry at least (laughs) one of you to Solo. So get ready. I, well, good, try your luck with it. But um, and and the the call was heated. Uh, yes. It was herded and heated, and uh, we are grateful to have a lovely bunch with us. And so, first and uh, but not least, we have the lovely Andy. Hi, Andy. Hey, I can do weddings. Can if, you? Wow, this is turning into a completely different stream. <laughs> Before I came out, I was a pastor. Uh, really? I still technically have that that power. So awesome! Very cool. So, can you officiate your own wedding? Uh, up- I, I don't know. Could you officiate a, a wedding between a non sexually defined man and droid? It would depend on the state, but yeah, Castle. Probably. Cool. I mean, I don't know what their <laughs> laws are like. Probably none. Sound pretty free, free and loose. I mean, I think that the Maw is technically the mayor. I, I would, I would dare say, yeah, because um, who would run against him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Let's let's have a wedding. Let's have a wedding. Uh, but we can't do such without our lovely friend and friend of the show and yes. recent um, guest coming back around. We haven't fired him yet. He uh, never left. Yep, they, I've, I've been stuck in the back room. They finally let me out and gave me some rations, and I, I got just just a little bit of water left. They said he, I got to make it last for another week, though. Yeah, so. he's exactly. in he's in there with their life size cutout of Jar Jar. Um, Jar Jar keeps him out of trouble. Yeah. He's also um, he keeps me warm so at warm. night. So there you go, and that's what's lovely. So, um, well, first of all, thank y'all for uh, joining us to talk about this lovely film. Um, we. We can get caught up in our, our own uh, thoughts and opinions, which are very positive about this, but we definitely wanted to um, take a chance. And especially with a film not as controversial as some Star Wars films, to be fair, but definitely maybe less highlighted than other ones um, yeah. to bring in other voices to be able to speak to why why you specifically uh, really enjoy it and everything and um, look forward to diving into that. But um, something I realized we didn't do with uh, our guests last week and that I wanted to make sure to do this time was just kind of open up and let you you share a little bit uh, about yourself um, jumping in here because some folks might not know you. We know you and we take yeah. that for granted. We know but, you and um, we love you. Definitely wanted to open that up. So, All right. Uh, Andy, if you want to start us off, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah, uh, I'm Andy. I'm at a one hat town on Twitter, which you will see under or next to my name. Uh, I am on the Star Wars podcast Force Friends Rewatch which we take a uh, concept in Star Wars and we trace it through all the TV shows. So we just did an arc covering every Mandalorian-themed episode in chronological order of Ooh. Clone Wars, Rebels, mm-hmm. and then uh, the live-action stuff. Um, 
I am on too many podcasts. I'm also on a podcast called Ending Pending, which we cover TV shows, which got canceled after a single season, which is very fun. And then I am a voice actor on a show called Good Neighbors, which is uh, a monster hunting show, a modern fantasy show. Very cool. Uh, I'm Michael from All Remaining Systems. You can find me on Twitter at Local First Order, where I will be tweeting about the Jedi Prince books and whatever else comes to mind. Um, I have a YouTube uh, channel, All Remaining Systems, where I sometimes do podcasts and RPG games, and uh, also I sometimes do readings of short stories I write. I've got another one in the works now that should be out probably by the end of the month called There Is No Chaos. So mm-hmm. Michael has a very milky voice. So please subscribe. <laughs> Thank you. Blue milky. Uh, more like it. Um, Hate that. Definitely, definitely check out our guests, guys. Uh, we obviously uh, enjoy them and get the benefit of sitting down and chatting with them. Um, but you can have them so much more if you check out their profiles and uh, yes. all of their wonderful activities. Um and so I, I feel like a really good spot to jump in on this um, is definitely to talk about just sort of the initial feelings of uh, going in. If you can rewind back to 2018 when this came out, uh, oddly enough, in May, not long after The Last Jedi, um, I, I don't know how you all felt. I know I was definitely unsure, and it seemed like a lot of the fandom was. And uh, even now, again, with some of the recent Twitter discourse that we've seen, still seems like a lot of people are conflicted or unsure um, and, and whatnot. So where did you fall on the solo meter uh, leading into this back when it first came out or, or was even announced? Andy, you want to start? Sure. Yeah. I didn't want this movie. Uh, I, thought, <laughs> I thought a standalone Han Solo movie was unnecessary and overly safe. And I, I loved The Last Jedi and I was like, I'll, I'll go see it, but it's not uh, it's not the sort of Star Wars story I want. And then, you know, of course, I was reading interviews about it and, it, you know, watching behind the scenes stuff. And I was like, I think I really love this character concept for Beckett. And I was getting more and more excited for it. And. Sure enough, it came out and it was uh, it was safe. I think it's an extremely safe Star Wars movie, but it's really fucking fun. Oh, can I swear? Well, we're all good. Okay. You can feel free because anytime I get to hear Liam Neeson say anything, I'll take a chance. But uh, no, you're fine. Uh, you're we, we had Connor Sorry. last week and he was drunk on blue milk and just couldn't keep it. Uh, it's a really fun, really, really fun movie. And uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I started on a very similar place with you, Andy. I didn't want this movie. I thought it was overly safe. Loved The Last Jedi. I thought that, um, that it wasn't, you know, a bad idea per se. I didn't think it would be bad, but I was like, you could have done something else more interesting. Um, and to an extent, I still kind of think that, but um, I do enjoy Solo. I was not thrilled with it when I first saw it. Um, aside from a couple moments and, and standout lines and cameos, I was like, it feels like a middle of the road Marvel movie where it's like, I don't hate it, but I'm probably never going to rewatch it. But sure enough, I've gone back and rewatched it. And it's a really damn fun movie in terms of like Star Wars movies. That I'm likely to just throw on while I'm doing something else to have on in the background and occasionally stop and have a good time watching solo is pretty high up on that list. Um, it's, it's not my favorite of the Disney films, but it's not my least favorite of the Disney films. So, that's fair. And it's it's really funny the, the way you phrase that specifically is how I've heard it from at least a third of everyone I've interacted with about Solo is it's just like it's the easiest movie to put on. Mm-hmm. It's the quickest one. Like when I'm trying, like I'm in a mood for Star Wars. I know that, but I don't know what Star Wars. Um, they almost always end up putting on Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it oddly enough seems like such a fun, easy entry point um, for that. Uh, what yeah. about you? Well, like I think both of y'all are absolutely right. It is so much fun. 
like it is a heist movie at its very core and i think that's what sold it to me when we first started seeing like trailers and uh clips from the movie is like we get to hang out with lando calrissian <laughs> we get to like go to a casino for a little while we get to see the falcon yeah are you kidding mm-hmm. me like i am chronically optimistic when it comes to star wars uh, movies that feel like characters in a sandbox because that's my favorite part of Star Wars. So I was super pumped about this, if just for the fact that Ron Howard was directing because I love I love his stuff. And, you know, just I like movies, man. I, I, lo- I love <laughs> his daughter's stuff, especially. Like oh, my favorite it. stuff of his is hers. Uh- <laughs> my favorite... He- <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard is my favorite Ron Howard producer. <laughs> oh gosh, um, and and yeah, and I, I don't think I'd put it quite into the, those words um, that that you started with, Andy. But yeah, it is safe. I, I think it's safe in concept. Um, solo, yeah, of course, uh, you know, and, and everything. But I definitely think what it chooses to do shows that it, with the right timing, maybe with the right marketing this could have been a completely different hit and and we could have had this be the the first non-film hit uh prior to the mandalorian even it should have stayed in december moving it up was a huge mistake yep and if i can get on my soapbox i think the biggest thing this movie does right is casting Mm. and i hate the growing trend of digitally mucking around with stuff. Uh, You know, no spoilers for Book of Boba Fett, but the Mandalorian, you know, digitally casting actors, I think is a huge mistake. And the fact that Solo was like, no, we're going to recast Harrison Ford and we're going to recast Billy D and Mm -hmm. uh, Alden and uh, Donald Glover freaking killed it. So Absolutely. literal perfect casting. In my Donald opinion. Glover is just as much Lando Calrissian for me as Billy D is. And Alden totally. is just as much Han Solo to me as I Harrison think. is. And Absolutely. I hate, okay. I hate what they're doing with the robots. Knock it off. <laughs> um, well, and, and that's why I, I say like that everybody probably around the table can agree. We should do a solo movie. I think the choices they made in giving us what they gave us, definitely show uh, a good bit of risk um, as, as well as an interesting amount of like connectivity to everything. Mm. Cause I mean, it, like to fast forward to one of the probably biggest things, obviously mall showing up was such a, I choice. jumped out of my seat. That's same. I well, squeezed John <laughs> so hard. I'm pretty sure I left a bruise on what, him. What's funny is um, I had, I had Meg on one side. All right. And I had my other mother on the other side. I'm in this Oreo of awkwardness because I have her freaking out and I have her not understanding a lick of what's happening. She's like, who is this? Yes. I was like, I thought this movie was almost over. Now they're introducing another bad guy. And it's just like, no, you got to watch the Clone Wars. Ma. The what? <laughs> like, yeah. It was, it was, it was, mm. it was interesting. Um, and, and not even that, but even things um, like choices they made with uh, Lando's character uh, with the introduction of uh, an up-and-coming female villain, finally, yes. uh, you know, in Star Wars. Yes. Not that we haven't had uh, a villainous, uh, a, an a associate of mm-hmm. the evil man in the lair kind of thing with Star Wars, but we hadn't quite had a powerful uh, female figure really yeah. doing what everyone else was doing in the scum and villainy side. We hadn't had yeah. a female crime lord yet. Yeah. yeah. We still haven't had a canon female Sith. That is true. true. We've had female canon force users who are on the dark side, but we have not had a canon woman Sith, which is bonkers. Mm -hmm. I mean, really? And and honestly, I I would even say that, and this is probably a whole nother podcast topic in and of itself, but like to mind, there aren't too many that are well represented uh, in legends uh, either of of female Sith. Um, the either got the, the two that bag. came to mind were Darth Talon, which is a terrible example, and a Grave Leia, Leia, it, which yeah. is uh, Darth Xana, 
those were the only two that came to mind immediately. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think of, of, of Treya, you know, you've got the old, Treya. Yep. yeah, you've got the old hag or you've got the, the sexy bombshell. You've got yeah. no in between for female representation on the dark side, uh, which is arguably why the Sith have died. I think I just, uh, you know, just putting it out there. Not enough sex appeal. <laughs> um, I mean, some people might be into Sheev, but I don't know. I think you need some work. Oof. Old um, Sheevy palps. Yes. So you, you 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 hit a nail on the next thing I definitely wanted to bring up because my gosh the casting of this is is phenomenal absolutely incredible um, and you know I I think this was the biggest thing you know that for me I was definitely still on that apprehensive approach to this film uh, when it was first announced it's purely because of who the heck are they going to get to play solo I was very protective of that. I've shared before, like on the show, that you know I identified and I, I I idolized Han Solo as a kid, not Luke Skywalker, and so I couldn't really grasp who else could do this cool character. Um, but I definitely was uh, impressed with the trailers and was even more impressed when I actually saw the film. Uh, and, and to date, having rewatched it today, Alden does such a fantastic job. Fantastic. Such totally. a good job. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I definitely worry about, um, I, like, are they ever going to get another shot? Like, I hate the idea of these awesome people not getting to be those mm -hmm. awesome characters again. Yeah. I think the Disney Plus shows are, are, like, the best opportunity we have. Like, I know a lot of people want Solo 2 to happen. I don't think that would ever happen. I don't think they're going to make a movie Solo 2. But plugging those characters into the Disney Plus shows, I think, is the perfect opportunity to potentially mm -hmm. do it. It's so frustrating that we have an incredible cast, like, right there with Lando, Han, Luke, Leia, and uh, Chewie. And, like, we're not going to see it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we have Max as Luke and we have... Um, Alden as blanking. Han. I'm blanking on her name, but Carrie's daughter, Billy oh, Lord, uh, Billy, Billy Lord. Lord, right there. She could yeah, very, totally. very easily play that role. And I don't think anyone would be mad about it. I no. think people would feel really touched by it. And we have Max, we have Billy, we have Alden, we have Donald and we have, uh, Yosef and like, let's do something. Let like, let's, let's make something happen. Yeah. It, well, and, and that's the thing, like, if I've learned anything from this, uh, because I've actually caught myself in a couple of other areas where someone's uh, talked about uh, recasting uh, for either a past or future version of a character, and I'm almost knee-jerk, just like, no, this is mm -hmm. this is their character and, and whatnot. Uh, and, but Solo's always come to mind whenever I've wanted to approach that and been like, well, hang on. Yeah. I thought that there, and it really worked. And, I, you know, I... I almost wonder if they've just got to do it. If 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 the conversation, if the questioning of is it right, can we pull it off, um, is almost what's keeping it away. I wonder if they just jumped in how positive of a response they would be surprised to find from the fandom. Yeah. And, you know, I think we get caught up in our nostalgia as fans and our ideals of, you know, this is this character that we forget that those people can't play that character forever. Like yeah. Peter couldn't be Chewbacca forever. You know, Eunice had to step in um, mm. during the last Jedi. And I think, you know, we kind of cheat ourselves out of so many great projects because of those ideals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like I just have to highlight, cause I know for me, the standout, the first time I watched this was actually Chewy. Like, absolutely. I, I love, I, don't get me wrong, I loved everyone, but Chewie and uh, Donald Glover as Lando were actually the two mm -hmm. that really got me on first viewing of this, because I was just like, oh my god, because I've never really been a huge Lando fan. Uh, like, I get mm -hmm. the appeal, it's Billy D. Williams, for goodness sake. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But this was the first time I was really captivated uh, with, him, with him as a character uh, and everything, and it's retroactively made the character more interesting too to where i was excited that he was coming back in nine and everything oh yeah um, should we um, bring the drinks back to han and uh, seeing han <laughs> talking to kira and like kind of awkwardly looking around and then doing both of them i have been that person at a party like <laughs> absolutely 
I, oh, I relatable Chewbacca. Absolutely. The, this has the most relatable Chewbacca, and I, I think outside of nine, actually, some of the most mm-hmm. characterized Chewbacca too. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I think they made the right choice in pushing him forward a little bit and not having him be the dog, uh, like he's you know yes. parodied as with like space balls and all this, like. Really make him a character. Yep, not reduced to furniture or a walking carpet anymore. Yeah. I absolutely. love that they got rid of the life debt thing. Yeah. Yes. I always hated that in, in Legends. I'm not a fan of it. And the fact that they were like, they save each other. They're close friends. We don't need some sort of like Wookiee honor thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that change has grown on me since I first mm-hmm. watched it. Where, yeah. where the first time I was like, what about the life debt? And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of better without it, honestly. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't feel like a servitude. It feels it feels like a relationship, and, and that's exactly. what I love uh, with this. In that Chewie makes the choice to go go back to him. Like he's mm-hmm. got he's mm-hmm. got his freedom. He's got his peers and and and, and other Wookiees' freedom. He's good, mm-hmm. but he chooses because of their their journey to that point. I just I just think there's something cooler about that. Yeah, uh, you know, I, like that's a that's a friendship to me. Uh, more than sort of what it grows to be uh, with uh, the legend stories and everything, and I, I really liked that. Um, and and I think what I like too is that we do get because I, I don't think we would have been as behind it if Han just did this super righteous thing. Because technically, he sort of does some good things, but in in sort of a weird space throughout this mm. movie, uh, like yeah. he kind of like just chews Chewie away, like. All right, go save the Wookiees. I'll do this myself. Like it's kind of almost begrudging. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 keeps his characterized selfishness, which I know for a lot yeah. of people was something they thought this movie took away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, Without realizing that that's been the very core of Han Solo's character for the entire the entire literally movie. since his introduction. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like he is a selfish person who, you know, chooses to do better. That's the whole crux of his character. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him a hero, if we want to be honest. Yeah, I, I think he's always been one that does right by the right, or not not even the right people, but th- those he does uh, sort of care about, mm-hmm. um, and something comes of that. That's what this whole thing with Chewie felt like uh, from Han's side of it. Definitely felt like this thing that grew um, out of something more begrudging. Um because it was yeah. definitely just really an opportunity for Han to escape and get what he wants. Uh, turns out what what he really needed was Chewie, was this this tribe of two that they kind of become following following this movie, I think. Yeah. Also, Chewie looked the best he's ever looked in this. Yeah. Not joking. Like, it I looked mean, incredible. There's a couple of scenes when they're like on Savarine and, and the wind's gusty and he's just, yeah. it's like a Maybelline commercial. It's amazing. Exactly. Uh, it's props to the, yeah. Props to the, uh, the crew that worked on that because my gosh, I, I was watching uh, a compilation of all the times Harrison Ford has appeared on Jimmy Fallon and the running gag of Chewie showing up and it's clearly just a party city costume. Yeah. And uh, it just gave me such an appreciation that everybody does that works on a Star Wars does care about uh, their Wookiee hair yeah. uh, and whatnot. And, you know, if we didn't have the improvement of Chewbacca, we would not have Black Crescent looking absolutely incredible uh, in Book Boba beef Fett. Cake. Daddy. Dang, man. Daddy, Daddy Crescent. Daddy Crescent. Mm. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's fun. Um, well, and, and on the flip side, we also have another really uh, intriguing duo relationship. Um, that I did not expect to love uh, as much, um, for sure, but uh, t- am still wrapped up in with Lando and L3. Absolutely. Um, it's I, complicated. I love their whole inclusion in this, that, that Lando's not just a, a means to getting the Falcon, but that he's uh, a contributed and fleshed out character. And he's also got this weird relationship with L3. Who's yeah. Like yes, threateningly tr- t- threatening to us- usurp Chopper is my favorite droid constantly. <laughs> I, I have love so much. three complaints with this movie, and L three 
is one of them. And I, I need to start off by saying I do love L3. I think yeah. L3 is great. But uh, I think it was Jenny Nicholson who first pointed out that when she is introduced, she's a droids rights activist. And then at the end of the movie, she kind of doesn't care about this droid that's bugging her. Mm-hmm. And she kind of sarcastically says, like, I don't know, go free everyone else. And then this droid revolution happens by accident. Yeah. And she says later, like, I found my purpose. And it's like, no, but you already knew that was your purpose. And it feels (laughs) like something got messed up in the rewrite. Yeah, it might have been from that shift of directors going from Phil and Chris Miller to Ron Howard. She should have either been really apathetic about everything and then found her purpose accidentally with the droid revolution. Mm. Or she should have freed the droids and started a revolution intentionally mm-hmm. and like yeah. that one inconsistency bugs me every rewatch but uh phoebe Wal- walter bridge phoebe yeah phoebe yeah incredible just an absolute star and the character is i mean like have we had really a girl droid before no. other than um, the waitress at dex's diner like <laughs> i don't you want a cup of jawa juice <laughs> Um, uh, and the answer to that is always yes. By the way, yes, um, yes, it, yes, I do. You got to pick the hairs out. But, yeah, oh. other other than QT, which even maybe TC fourteen from the Phantom Menace. Droid, though. Yeah, TC fourteen and Dex's diner droid. Like, is <laughs> yeah. he, is TC all that serve you drinks? I never, I never processed TC fourteen as feminine. Actually, I, I that might just be the way I've always like interpreted it, but I don't know. I might be wrong it, in that. I don't know. I I don't know. They're like it. What I love about L three is is it opens this is it's just like. Well, now that I think about it, they are yeah. droids, and I mean gender is already a weird construct, but now we're like putting That's that on weird. on machines, and it gets even more silly when mm-hmm. when you kind of look at it that way. Yeah. Well, it's I like think... what what about R2 is mm-hmm. masculine. Like right? the blue exactly. the blue paint, I guess. But like everyone I, has and... always he hemmed R2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like L3, I guess she has like hips, which is kind of weird. Um <laughs> Yeah. And you got them them birth and hips. And uh... and and a femme voice, but like yeah. There's no well, fiddly bits and, anywhere. So, like, what is gender? Where, where I don't does know. it? Right. Where does it come from? And um, and yeah. And your point with R two raises up what I was going to say about QT was like literally, like it's color coding. It, it is because QT's pink, and, and I totally get that. I'm not going to talk oh, no. any shame on QT. QT um, is precious. We if, love them. If if you need to look up um the story about that in the five hundred first, but um, yeah, the fact that she is pink and he is blue. It just kind of furthers the silliness of, of the gendered applied to, to droids and everything. Um, I don't know if it was L3, but I know I read about uh, a droid that specifically chose, like they chose their programming of Mm -hmm. being feminine coded. Uh, And I always thought that was fascinating of a droid choosing, like if, if Siri had a choice, would Siri be she or he? You know, it like it's all fascinating to me. To yeah. that point, uh, I had a, a thread where I was complaining about queer rep in Star Wars, and um, there was a uh, well-meaning child who started arguing with me about oh, how uh, can children really mean well? I was going to say that's I a mean, rare, yeah. rare trait in a child. But, but um, they were arguing that L three is trans representation. Because she was originally an astromech droid and she turned herself into a um, protocol and like piloting droid. And they were like, canonically trans character L3. And I was like, oh, honey, Mm. like, I think it is amazing that you see yourself in this metaphorical representation. But uh, I think it's pretty clear that wasn't directorial intent. And even if it was... It's still metaphor, and it it isn't yeah. it isn't real actual trans rep. 
Um, that being said, if you do see yourself in L3 and this idea of designing your own body and hacking your systems against the, like how you were programmed, like heck, heck yeah, that's rad. And like L3 is a powerful story about self-actualization. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. That's a cool thing to think about. There's so many amazing things about the character of L3. And my favorite thing being, you know, she had the agency. She was encouraged by Lando, maybe, but she literally built herself in the way that she wanted. Yep. Which is such a cool thing. Yeah. And and I, I think that's what's getting served up on the platter. You kind of do with it what you want. Um, I wouldn't tell anyone how to process L3 because, I mean, I, I, I have the way I process certain characters. And I think there's times where characters are very definitively uh, defined mm-hmm. in, in certain ways and as certain allegories. But um, I, I think L3 is just a big representation for you to see uh, you the way you want to see you or to to uh, even maybe it's not to you, but to think about um, such a topic um, to affect how you interact with others. Even mm-hmm. I saw her fate as beautiful. I saw it as an act of freedom of her, escaping the confines of her body that she wasn't satisfied with and like entering the Falcons not like computer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I heard from a ton of people that they hated it and they were like offended by it. And that shocked me because that wasn't my read of the situation at all. But um, yeah, it never bothered me to that point though. I think it is important to like, let people have their read of this character and listen and hear how people react to it and not talk over each other. 100%. Yeah. Cause, and, and to the uh, truth of our, the title of this and, and our whole intent with approaching star Wars, it's all about loving star Wars. Right. And if, if the way you love star Wars is for L3 to represent something specific to you, if it's for uh, Ben Solo to represent something to you or any other character of defined significance to the, the story, like you do you love star wars that way i i i think um i i i don't like when star wars becomes about this uh well this is the way it is this is the way it's gotta be and this is the way you should think and feel about it and Mm -hmm. and talk about it um i i think uh everything about star wars has has taught us that um you know freedom of expression uh and uh individuality uh, are are big deals, um, and, and I think that we need to make more spaces available to be able to have that, um, to be able to say, well, I think this and I think that, and that be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so often, so many people are just so scared to say anything because they're worried. Am am I reading this character right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, am I saying the right thing about this story? Um, and I, I, I think it's really hard to mess up Star Wars. People manage to do it, but I think it's really hard. <laughs> I think yeah. most of the time you can have a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. Totally. There's, there's no one correct way to interpret a character. There's no one right way to watch and enjoy Star Wars. But like, you do have to watch it from one to nine, including all of Clone Wars, all of Rebels, all of Resistance, and yes, the Ewok specials. I'm going to go ahead and veto that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But please watch. They're they're on Disney for a reason. They are hilarious and adorable. Watch droids. Please please watch it. Caravan of Courage. Watch the holiday special. Actually, that's the only piece of Star Wars you should ever watch. You want to see Boba Fett riding a dinosaur? It's there. You want to see Chewie's son Lumpy? The only way to watch the holiday special is with the commercials still in it. The original commercials. That is true. If you find a copy without the original commercials. Go back and look and find one with the commercials. I'm trying to think if I've actually watched that now. The first time I watched it, it's a time machine. It's wild. Um, It's a completely different. different. It's a cinematic experience that's totally different (laughs) with the commercials. (laughs) It's on the level of the special editions, folks. Um, (laughs) Can I talk about my two other beefs with Solo real quick? Yeah, absolutely. To bring them up real quick. That's why we got you here, Andy. they're, They're small, but I got. They're big, but like I gotta talk about them. We respect um, the size of any beef. 
So this movie had Fandaway Newton, who yeah. is a national treasure. She is one of the most talented actors working in Hollywood right now. Go watch Westworld. Like it, every please. episode of Westworld, she is giving a master class. And arguably how... this this was happening when she was at her peak with all of totally. that. Totally. Mm-hmm. And and they wasted her. Yeah. They wasted her. And like I cannot stress enough how incredible of an actor she is. And she does as much as she can with the little bit she has in this movie. Yep. But like, y'all, you had her. You had her mm-hmm. signed on to this movie. So my my biggest beef is at the end of the movie, when Beckett walks through the door and it's revealed that like betrayal, mm-hmm. it should have been Val. It should have been Val walk through and reveal that her and Beckett uh, have been playing everyone like Mac and Always Sunny. I played mm-hmm. both sides, so oh. that way I always come out on top. Uh, and it should have then been Gardenian Beckett and Val from the couch. It should have been everyone versus each other, yeah. like a triple cross situation. That, that, that whole awesome. scene, I, I, like, I, I've watched Solo three times in the last month, today included, and that scene still gets me of just like, you can tell they didn't know at the time if it was going to be Beckett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like the whole thing of that is very just like, w- mm-hmm. wait, what? Cause, because I remember not expecting Beckett simply because of how it was framed. It was framed in such a way of this is someone you, we're not expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's just Beckett. Um, She's covered in climbing gear. She could have jumped yeah. off with that right. explosion. Well, it, yeah. And, the, and that like, that's the biggest thing for me. I think that's persisted is because I, 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 I love the whole movie, but definitely the, the beginnings of it set up such a, a great ride with this colorful cast. Um, I'm almost okay with Rio dying because Jon Favreau does not need another character in Star Wars. Um, oh, come on. He's got a whole Star Wars. He doesn't need to keep doing He's got it. his own cinematic universe of characters right, that are just Marvel. played by him. Right. You're in Marvel. You're in Chef. You're in Star Wars. Just stop, okay? Make a sandwich. Um, but... It never made sense to me and still doesn't of, I've got to do the job from here, babe. And I'm like, but why though? Yeah. yeah. But why? It, it, it does seem like a bit of forced conflict. I, yeah, I do it's, agree. It's a trope that I have grown to dislike what, it, as a person in general is, you know, killing off a female character just for emotional conflict. And, but, as a, and to motivate the male character, 30 seconds of emotional conflict. That's true. I will say. That's my third complaint is that um, if you insist on killing off Val, which I don't think you should do, <laughs> she's not mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, it doesn't influence Beckett, Beckett at all beyond that. Beckett mm-hmm. does this whole thing about, like, Han, I'm betraying you for the money. Like, you should never trust anyone. <laughs> and it's uh, like, dude, Han is teaming up with the woman who killed your wife. Yeah. Right. Like you have like perfectly moral beef with that person. She mm-hmm. killed your wife. You can just say, "Han, I don't want to help the the woman who killed my wife." And like that's why I'm betraying you because you are teaming up with the person who killed my wife. You were there, <laughs> Han. You watched it happen. Right. I don't want to help the train her. Too. Yeah. This was like an hour and 20 minutes ago. Um, it was a great still, scene. Oh, yeah, it, and the like the train job is amazing. But and, it, and I'll, I'll, I'll say, like, she is mentioned again uh, mm-hmm. in, in such a Briefly. poor way, though, because yeah. it's it's when he's given him that piece of advice of, like, trust no one and you'll never be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, Val, you trusted her, right? And it's, you know, it's it just... It's just glossed over after that, yeah. like... Yeah, that should have been a really impactful moment if that mm-hmm. you know was so vital to Beckett's character, and it's just sort of tossed out. And because that campfire scene was so good in setting mm. the gang up, it really was. And I was even there for for Val and Beckett. I, like I, I really enjoyed these new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to a film with with all of them. And if anything, the betrayal still works. Um, 
with Beckett in the end if Beckett had just walked away after all that happened. Yes. Like, if he just left and Han went back to Crimson Dawn and Han was like, we'll do this thing, we'll get this for you, I'll finish Beckett's job, and then in the end, Beckett comes back. Like, it still all works and does what you want. Because really, Woody Harrelson's just in the rest of the movie for comedic effect, if we're if we're honest, which he does wonderfully. Oh, absolutely. Woody Harrelson is a great character actor. I, I very much enjoy Woody Harrelson in this movie. Like, I, his character is just so fun. He plays it so well. And he, he makes such a, a good mentor figure, quote unquote, for Han. Um, yeah. Beckett's an absolute joy. And I hope we see more of him in canon. Oh, yeah. Well, I want that story of him and Ora Singh for sure. Yes. Him, Ora yes. Singh, and the cliff. Can I can I bring up uh, my two complaints that have not been mentioned thus far? <laughs> yeah, so this this we're we're rephrasing this as solo therapy. Now we promise we do love solo. Yeah. We're getting there. Well, only one of my complaints is actually major. The other one is just something funny that bothers me. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with what Andy said about Val. That was one of my big complaints. Uh, my yeah. other big complaint is that I don't think it is a film that is visually appealing. I really kind of dislike how desaturated a lot of the movie looks and I, I wanted more like vibrancy and colors in it. And it just, it's, I, I don't know how else to put it other than it's not visually appealing. I wish it had um, felt more like a seventies heist movie with the like yes. color palette for sure. Yes. Um, and my other complaint is incredibly hyper-specific. So after the, the heist goes wrong, and there's that scene where, where Beckett's mourning and he punches Han in the face, right? Love Beckett's it. fist misses Han's face by like a solid foot. <laughs> and it's it, it's like the worst fake punch in any movie aside from Return of the Jedi. Like, Michael, why would you point that out? I'm going to see it every time. <laughs> I noticed it the first time I saw the movie and it has bothered me ever since. So now how you do you, all have to How do you think I felt pain. about the Jedi kick in Return of the Jedi? <laughs> like, <laughs> Listen, the force hit his face. Like, it's I, not I, as bad as that that kick, but it when, is when that is when that's even on in the background, I still always manage to look up at the wrong time and see it. <laughs> his foot's over there, his face is over there, and still something happens. At least Luke has the force. Oh, Michael, how dare you! Now you have to live with my pain. My only real complaint is in agreeing with Val. They should have got Bosk. They should have got Bosk. <laughs> like that name drop. I feel Love so it. cheated. Speaking of that name drop, this movie feels like any, it feels like a legend story made into a movie. Like there are so many great fun Han and Chewie getting a team together with Lando. And every time an author does it, they introduce like three OCs and then they bring in one to three of the ESB bounty hunters. Yep. And like the 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 name drop of Bosk there felt like such an acknowledgement of like, oh yes, this is our version of Han Chewie Lando mm -hmm. ROCs, and we'll just name drop Bosk real quick. Like, I, I, I think that. my favorite thing about this movie is how much of like an Easter egg hunt it feels for fans yeah. of the expanded universe. Mm -hmm. So many references to like Aura Singh and Bosk and, and they mention a handful of planets like Dathomir. Like it, it felt, mm -hmm. I think this was the first time in the Disney era that it felt like an on-screen uh, Star Wars property was really connecting to the expanded universe material because we take that for granted now with with Mando and Book of Boba Fett, but I feel like that was the first time it was like really acknowledged mm. and respected like that on screen, and I always loved it for that. And we yeah. get to Harris see Cossie. Played. Yes, uh, the the Crystal Skull even. Um, yeah, it, is is that skull. from the the Han Solo trilogy or is it from Indiana Jones? Both are yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like now that you mentioned it, that was I was gonna agree. I think this is the first time they really took advantage of all of the uh, details at their disposal. Um, not just what's camera forward of the story, but mm -hmm. also what can go on behind it. Because heck, yeah, we're we're all in the same universe. Of course, this could show up. Of course, mm -hmm. that you know they would know about this and so forth. Um, and I, you know, and I think. The, the correlation between it and the Disney shows that are happening now that are doing it uh, a lot and very well isn't 
isn't a mistake because I, I feel like this fits in so well with the universe they're weaving uh, on the Disney Plus series. Um, mm. it, it, it's such a trial for what we've been getting to enjoy for the past three years, really. Yeah. Uh, I got to mention the start of the movie, too, having a like drag race chase scene yes. felt like a love letter to Harrison Ford's acting career beginning with American Graffiti Ooh, and nice. him and Lucas like becoming pals there. Like absolutely that that's so cool. Uh, I, I love it because we haven't really seen too, too many. I mean, attack of the clones, I think hinted at like very uh, nice customized speeders and whatnot. Yeah. But we really haven't gotten to see that play much. And so, and especially the one Han steals is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's beautiful. And before we had the N1 Starfighter, this, I don't, I don't know what uh, Mando's going to call it, but uh, before we had that uh, as our drag strip uh, racer, it's going to be called the bounty wagon, the bounty wagon. (laughs) He can't bounty hunt. The Mando storage. He just, just tie him onto the rear and just just like drag him back. back. Put him in the right. little bubble. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Put him in the bubble. <laughs> uh, the, the bubble of shame. Blood bag. The bounty, bounty bubble. <laughs> ah, yes, Michael. We were on the same page with that one. Um, so yeah. So well, um, kind of closing out. We've we've definitely only I think scratched the surface. There's so much about this to love, and I don't want that to get lost on our uh, little jovial yeah. uh, complaint. Yes. Like, I, I think overall. This is one of the safest things Disney's done. Uh, maybe just since Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, really, like, yeah. I, if the worst thing people have against Solo is just that they didn't feel it was necessary, I feel like they should just watch it because once you watch it, you will at least enjoy it. Mm. You might yeah, not totally. watch it again often. You might not uh, make it high on your list, but you'll yeah. you'll have fun. At the end of the day, it's just damn fine sci-fi. It it mm-hmm. is, like, um, and and so you, you did, and it it's fine. I, and I it was a fun at this point. It was a fun exploration of the sort of scum and villainy side, which we don't get yes. to see that often on screen. Because yeah. like um, Andy, I think you and I talked about this very briefly on Hyperfocus, like our Star Wars RPG experience. Like this felt like an Edge of the Empire game to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that For is sure. just exactly what it felt like when I first came out of it. Everyone in the party has a specific talent and skill, and they mm-hmm. they do a train heist, which is amazing. Yep. So uh, Beckett is Long John Silver, which like oh yeah my my oh, other yeah. my other love besides Star Wars is pirates. Like the fact that we got freaking just Long John Silver, just like cut out of Treasure Island and put mm-hmm. in Star Wars is amazing and that feels exactly what lucas was doing with the original trilogy of like there's a wizard and a cowboy and uh a werewolf (laughs) like yeah sure (laughs) right cool and a devil long john silver in now dope right it's just a smorgasbord of weird characters and somehow it always does weave something fun and entertaining if uh you go in with the right spirits, and and I think if you just remember that it's all fake and in space, um, exactly, then I, I think you end up having a really great time with a lot of your Star War, despite the war of the star. But uh, yeah, so it, it, in wrapping up, um, and with this lovely film, uh, Lucasfilm is is a known fan of Nerd Herder. I don't know if you know, but <laughs> yeah, uh, their source is confirmed. Yeah, I'm she, the new CEO of Lucasfilm. They're, Sorry, they're certainly listening. Like uh, Kathleen Kennedy has taken a great break from her uh, civil war with John Favreau, and and she tunes in every Friday, just like everyone else should. Um, and uh, so, with with her on the horn, I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts. We kind of hinted at it earlier, but uh, this whole lovely hashtag uh, makes Solo to happen. Um, I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on that. Uh, what you think, and and if it happens, how you think it should go, uh, what what you'd like to see, uh, and all of that good stuff. Well, I guess I'll start as kind of the downer. I don't really want Solo 2 that badly. <laughs> like, as much as I had fun with this, I'm like, I don't really need another one. I don't really see the purpose in it. Maybe a Disney Plus miniseries or something, or 
uh, if they were to do it, that's how I'd do it. Or just reintegrate these ter- characters in the other Disney Plus mm-hmm. shows. I don't think you necessarily need a solo too, but that's just my humble opinion. And oh, I don't want to like belittle people who do want it or, you know, say that this film was bad by no means. I, I enjoy solo a good deal, but I'm, I was satisfied with what we got. I don't necessarily need more. Take a seat, young Skywalker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, 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 com- I actually completely agree in that I, I don't want to film. Um, what I've been able to see Disney Plus do with six hours of content, mm-hmm. or, or roughly uh, six hours of content, um, I think if they continued this, like this cast uh, deserves that sort of space to get to play with these characters again and get to go on this kind of uh, journey. Um, because I, I just don't think, I think that was one of the things against it too, is it was just not enough time for such uh, a great idea, if that makes sense. I think the idea of this little young solo adventures uh, was bigger than a film could have been. And so, yeah. What about you, Andy? Uh, I would be really down with a like usual suspects kind of Han working for Jabba and bring Daniel Logan back as Boba Fett and uh, show like Book of Boba Fett is showing us like this new mature like scarred and like wizened Boba but give us that young really brash Mm. like at his peak Boba like butting heads with Han who just like keeps laughing at him. Yes. And like Boba Fett is taking himself so seriously. And Han is just like, look at this clown and like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, th- throw Dengar in or, you know, yes. Greedo or something. Embo. But I would, but I would love solo too, if only because I didn't think I wanted solo one and I loved it. So like surprise me with solo two. Exactly. I, I feel like, I want Solo too, just because I miss Maul. Yeah. <laughs> I miss Maul so much. Well, if anything, we should get a Kira uh, yes. series. Then mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I would, I'd be for that. I, I'd love both. Yeah. Like that, that's a big part, and we didn't really get to talk about. Uh, I want to see as much. more about Crimson Dawn. Michael had yeah. so many complaints; it was just ridiculous. Ugh, but um, as no. always, <laughs> I, uh, I'd give my hand for a Kira show. Uh, especially if you have Kira Knightley reprise Sabe, because oh Sabe gosh. is working with yes. Crimson Dawn. Yeah, well, and, bring and, her back and just—I would lose it. And that's Absolutely. that's the big thing is I think a resurgence of love for this is coming along, or even new fans because of how it's interconnecting with the story being told in the comics, uh, as far as uh, post Empire, and 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 that's the duality of Ooh. my selfishness and wanting something for Han or for solo to continue is because I do want more Crimson Dawn. I want to know what's going on with Kira. I want to see her usurp uh, Darth Maul for sure. Or just Maul. I don't know. She, she abandoned him on that, on that planet. And oh, yeah. straight up. 100%. Right? Straight up. I just, I just want to see his shame. Drop him off on <laughs> Dalakor and just out. zoom away. <laughs> um, one of the benefits to tuning in live, obviously, is people get to comment and everything. And so, uh, Brian here, I, I love uh, their point. Absolutely. I think Really, if if they wanted to fast forward and do middle aged Han uh, chasing after Kira um, when she is still obviously uh, ruling Crimson Dawn with uh, a, a well manicured fist, um, I, I'm for capes. it. I'm for it. So um, many capes. Oh yeah. Maybe I do. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Frying Pan Creations who made my Beckett coat for my mm. cosplay, and uh, I want to mention that like. The Lucasfilm people love this movie. I reached out to Matt Martin on Twitter and was like, hey, I'm working on a Beckett cosplay and I can't find good references for his blasters. Can you help me out? And he was like, yeah, give me a week. And sure enough, a week later, he came back with like pictures from the archives (laughs) so that I could like paint my blasters as accurately as possible. Uh, I don't know if I was allowed to mention that, actually. Sorry, Matt, if I just got you in trouble. But, um, <laughs> like, it was 
his enthusiasm that I was working on a costume for Solo was like he was just pumped. That is and so cool. The people that work on Star Wars freaking love Star Wars, mm-hmm. and they love all of it. And yeah. this this idea that there's Despite like any some sort of multiple sources would tell you, or this right. idea that certain creators hate this aspect or hate that aspect or are ignoring this aspect or or this or that, like that's that's not the case if you talk to any of them. It's all nonsense. Right. And yeah. uh, the fact that they would help me, a no-name cosplayer, paint my toy blasters as good as I could <laughs> is just like, that's dope. He didn't need to do that. He was and, just and, pumped that I liked Beckett. And beautifully done. You'll have to make sure uh, you you retweet uh, that on Twitter. Get it get it up in the TL so people can see that. Because uh, that is a great cosplay. Thank you. Very good. You. And 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 definitely. Obviously, this inspired so many Han cosplays, but I have loved seeing how many Beckett and Kira yes. uh, cosplays have come out of this as mm-hmm. well. I saw a ton of amazing vowels at Celebration, yes. and I just did the like Will Smith meme of like, look at my wife, look at my amazing <laughs> wife. My wife. <laughs> my wife. Yeah, like, oh I, I, I really, it, it's so good to hear it. And Martin seems, uh, Matt Martin seems like such a cool guy anyway. Uh, I'm definitely going to ha- harass him for uh, like just pieces of Jar Jar from the archive. <laughs> He's responded uh, to several of my dumb Jedi tw- uh, Prince tweets. He's great. Like my- he plays along with the Trioculus memes. Should I ask it- him the uh, Oparensis question? Please don't. Yes, <laughs> we 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 lose <laughs> credibility every time that. you do that. Um, That's what I'm thinking. We don't man. we don't like, have I- much as it is, but my goodness. Um, yeah, I, I I love hearing uh, because uh, often what is so and and part of the reason we do these kinds of episodes where we take time to focus on yes. what we love about these films that it like it should be obvious we do a Star Wars podcast but lo and behold it's not very obvious nowadays that Star Wars podcasts and people love Star Wars yeah um, if yeah. you listen to a lot of it it yeah. actually seems like they hate it um, but darn if they don't tout about uh gatekeeping and, and telling you what should and shouldn't be and everything and so um to hear that those creating it still have a passion and still love it i you know i i love that um yeah. because it can be so taxing and so toxic uh to be in social media in general um and and especially yeah. when you produce content so so cool yeah, I remember before Celebration, I was at a board gaming convention and just I'm the sort of person who makes friends in lines. Yeah, so yes, I, had made friend, I had made friends in line and we were talking about stuff and I was like, yeah, like my next con is going to be Celebration Chicago. I'm making a Beckett costume. I'm really excited. And the guys were like, oh, yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I'd never go to Celebration. Like, the new... And, like, just started talking about how much they hated Star Wars. And I was like, one, it doesn't sound like you're a fan. And two, if I just talked about how excited I was to go to Celebration, and you're like, F Celebration, why would you go to that? And so then I was like, oh, no, is Celebration going to be like that? And everyone at Celebration was just, like, pumped. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't hear a single negative weird conspiracy theory-esque thing the entire time I was there. It was just Mm -hmm. people who were pumped to be there and pumped to hang out with Star Wars fans who love Star Wars. And it was like the biggest breath of fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and that we, we all always encourage like, Hey, at least once, Mm -hmm. at least once make it to a celebration. If it's affordable and easy to do, because, this upcoming um, one will be my first, and I'm I've been so excited for years. Aww. We we were worried. Cherry. We were so worried about the same thing, and uh, completely blown away with our yeah. experience. Um, the worst we ever got was just some guy complaining because he couldn't get a book that he was trying to scalp. That was just <laughs> a loser being a dork. And, and what I love so much is that one of the Delray staff, and and I won't mention who, although we followed them on Twitter because they are an absolute goat, just shut him down. Yes. Which really, for me, turned it, it into a positive because I'm just like, yeah, you get him. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, I, and I can't miss the opportunity Um and and you made me think of it. Um, we actually have our, our friend Jesse from Game Infinite. Uh, same thing. We just happened to talk to him in line yeah. at Celebration. I think and I complimented one of his pins. I, like it was, and that was it. it was it started in the the weirdest of circumstances. It was just we were there. 
-hmm. And then lo and behold, we, we all love Sam Witwer. Yeah. And it was just, it was such a lovely experience. Um, I, I will never stop being upset. At every time I learned that someone else that we now love and are friends with, yeah, they were at the same celebration that we were, and we didn't know anybody. I, like, I, I said as much when uh, uh, first interacting with Andy. I was just like, like, "Come on, wow, you're an awesome person, and you were there. We yeah. missed out." Uh, celebration is where I decided to start my Star Wars podcast. I was like, "I'm having so much fun this weekend," and my buddy Ryan, who lives in California, other side of the country. So mm. like we were hanging out all weekend. I was like, dude, we should like make an excuse to hang out more. Let's do a podcast. And then through Force Friends, I've made all of these lovely friends on Twitter. Amazing. And it's like, man, the next celebration I get to is going to be like a family reunion. Like, yeah, it's, oh. it's going to be nuts. I look I'm, forward to that so much. I won't be at this next one. I'm getting married that weekend. Congratulations. Uh, oh, congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Are you uh, doing the wedding? I'm not doing my own wedding. No, okay. I'm going to be too nervous and I'm going to be crying the whole time. <laughs> Same but uh, they moved the celebration date. They mm. moved it to a different weekend. And it was like, oh, had, no. When they announced it, it was the weekend after we had booked our venue. And I was like, oh, I was no. like, talk about first world problems that I'm wow. like, I can't go to my Star Wars convention because I'm getting married. Ugh. That's matrimony. I, I feel yeah. for Brian uh, again. Join us live if you're listening to this after the fact. But um, yeah, standing in line next to a friend and not realizing it for two hours, that yeah. sucks. That's wild. Um, I remember when we first started interacting with Scotty of uh, Bombadcast. Go check them out. Um, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we were there. We were freaking out at the, the episode nine trailer. And I was like, oh, you were there? Where were you? And they were like, we were on the show floor. And I was like, yeah. oh. Yeah. And we- then Scotty <laughs> and Matt being right next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I need to do? I need to dig through my celebration pictures and just see if I can spot anyone in the background now. Oh my god! Totally it would just make me so angry. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta oh. go through the vlogs because those are still up on our YouTube channel. My friends yeah, I... at the Hollow Nut Marauders came up to me because uh, they were dressed as um, one of them was dressed as uh, Train Heist Han, mm. and they asked for yeah. pictures, and we got pictures, and then so we cool. realized later. <laughs> Then I was like, oh, wait, you were the Vecchio and you were that Han. Right? Yeah, oh, it, it was awesome. such a wild experience um, for sure. Definitely recommend uh, to any of our listeners, if you haven't, go. You don't necessarily have to go every year, although darn if we could. We would, we would love we would to be, be there, there this year, but um, we'll, yeah. we'll make it back again because uh, now we have so many more nerds uh, in the herd that we want to uh, meet and love on. The family uh, has and, grown. And hang with. Yeah. Exactly. And, and shrunk at the same time. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to shoot first and uh, drink lots. Um, if I've learned anything from watching Solo, at least. So, um, well, but uh, thank you so much. Um, we, we appreciate y'all coming on and, and getting to share with this and spend some time. Yeah. And um, although, as, as with anything, there's those moments where we're like, man, shoulda, coulda, woulda. I, I think at the end of the day, clearly there's a lot to love about Solo. Oh, totally. uh, mm-hmm. We only covered so much, but the comment section is open. Um, our Twitter uh, and Instagram are also open for those listening after the fact. So feel free to um, at us and share those things. Uh, obviously, we love celebrating uh, just people's own experiences with Star Wars. That's why we have Andy and Michael on with us uh, for this. Yeah. And and so, so grateful for that. Um, Thankfully, y'all are professionals. You put your handles in there. Uh, but just one more time, if there's anything you guys want uh, anyone to check out that's uh, listening to this, um, you want to promote it here, the floor is yours. Uh, go check out the short, uh, the short stories I've written because I've got that other one coming soon. And it's actually a prequel to one I've already written. There is no death. So there you go. Uh, I'm going to plug the person who made my Beckett code again, Frying Pan Creations. She's great. Uh, she's a good friend and she, she did this amazing coat. And if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see me retweet all the stuff I do. Like I said, I'm on too many podcasts. So, <laughs> and we were lucky to get you, uh, and, yeah. and love to have y'all on again. Obviously Michael's on his second round. Um, we're firing <laughs> him. We're putting on him on hiatus for a little bit. 
uh, but then we'll make uh, Michael McCourt. It's happen. all because I realized made you realize that Beckett punch thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you're you're going <laughs> in the corner for a little bit, buddy. Go to timeout. Go to your nightmare recliner. <laughs> I'm out of water though. They uh, couldn't risk Alden's handsome face. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, we have uh, a lovely lineup for next week. I won't let anyone know. You'll have to uh, follow us on social media. Uh, Monday or Tuesday, we make the announcement. Um, but I can say what we're talking about, and um, it is we're doing what we did with Spider-Man. We're leading up to the release of The Batman uh, yes. and looking at all of the Batmans uh, in film. We're starting off with uh, Tim the Batman Burton's duology. Um, looking forward to it. What a lot Excellent of people hold... Films. As... Andy, you stop shaking your head. <laughs> the only Maybe good should... Batman movies are the Schumacher Batman movies. And Andy, check your DMs. I might have an offer for you. Okay. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, so we're starting that off with um, some friends. Look forward to the announcement on social medias later. But um, other than that, uh, if you can, every Friday at nine, we are here talking with awesome people about awesome things. And hopefully you'll tune in. But if not, uh, thanks for tuning in where and yeah. when you can. Uh, be sure to check everybody out. And I think that's a show. Stay scruffy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. <laughs>